Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast, your podcast where you have your game all set and somebody calls you on facts because you didn't do your research beforehand. Tonight we are talking about just that, researching real-world things for your role-playing game. Oh, okay, now get an SME. If you want to find out something and you know somebody knows about it, pick their brain. Again, like with my gamers Donald and Maddie about New York, or Colleen for history, or Tracy with, with medical stuff. Get them aside, pick their brain, make notes, and just... Your players... I mean, even if it's a player, if it's just someone you know. If I want to know something about cars, where I work... I work among all sorts of car guys. I could ask them, okay, for this type of car, what would you do? Or if it like if it's part of a plot point, like let's say due to you're running a pulp adventure and someone cuts the brake lines. Well, if they're gonna get under the car and check that stuff out, and then, okay, well I made my craft mechanical, what do I find out? Well, if you sit there and ask a car guy, okay, on this type of car. How would you go about cutting the brake lines? You know, what would you have to do? they tell you, and you'd have that information there. And it gets that person who had to make the craft mechanical check more into the game. Because right. he can imagine now, okay, the brake lines are here, I'm under the yeah. car, leads to, you know, the master cylinder, da da da. Just, you know. just be careful. And, and the way you quote. Situations like that that involve. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to be careful about you gotta that. Be careful who you ask when you when you involve certain dangerous subjects like that. Yeah, you might get um, unwanted guests. Well, you know the whole thing. Like, well, it's for the game I'm running. You know, that will yeah, usually get talking about. about? You, you are, are you trying to tell me that? Guests? Yeah, are you trying to tell me that I could have gotten into trouble after nine one one when I asked? You know what? What's what were the best? Uh, what were the best? airports to release a, a biological plague in to get a, get the maximum dispersion across the, the world wow that was <laughs> you think that was a bad idea to post in the uh in the tritac forums yeah that, yes. that, that's on yahoo of, that that's the former bestie what she would yes, call that's, that's another poor life choice yeah <laughs> poor life choices exhibit a nick yeah. pilata <laughs> nick pilata almost had a meltdown <laughs> wow Oh, he, but and 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 he decided to assert that Bureau Thirteen is his, and we can't talk about anything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. with Bureau Thirteen, if he didn't say so, <laughs> like, you know, oh man, that snowballed. But anyways, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, but at the same time, is don't take it so seriously. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you know an SME on a subject, and I've explained to them it because like car guys or. 
about sports, and trust me, that's all I hear about it. I mean, oh God, I am the alpha geek. I am the alpha geek at my job, so it's like I'm surrounded by sports talk all the time. So if I want to know something about, I've got plenty of SMEs. It's like, okay, this is for my game. I'm gonna bring up football. I need to know this, this, and this, and how they do it. And it, I usually have to put my gun on some type of break mode because I'm gonna get. Just a whole load of information. But if you know people, don't be afraid to pick their brains if they're on right. a subject that's going to pertain to your game because right. you will not be disappointed. But don't, but respect their time. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously try to still keep it short. Well, I mean, if they're, if they're willing to give the information, they'll, they'll. I know, but sometimes I know it could get, you, you, you can, you can go too far. Yeah. So I'm just saying is that, you know, respect their time. You know, uh, if you can't, if they're really giving you useful information, try to show, make some kind of a gesture of, uh, respect or recompense, you know, yeah. I mean, inviting somebody out for lunch while you pick their brain is always oh, yeah. a, 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 you know, a welcome thing for somebody, you know? So if you have somebody who's really a good resource, you should do what you can to, uh, conserve that resource. Yeah. What, what's the old, and, and I hate to make it sound more, but there's the old phrase, you can never steal, you can only steal from a dead man once. Um, as far as. I have never heard that. Actually, Who that's says that? actually that's from uh, the old Mechanoid Invasion game. How the ro the alien rovers were, they would never they don't kill their targets. So you can steal from them again, then and again, and that was their phrase. You can only steal from a dead man once. Uh, right. You don't they, kill the sheep. You shear the sheep. Right. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I've heard that term. <laughs> but yeah, you your your SMEs. It, same. It's just like a car. Treat them right. They'll treat you right. You will. They will give you information for years to come. As, as long as you show them respect for the, the information that they give you. And like Bruce said, some type of, well, obviously gratitude, but recompense over lunch or help them out sometime. And they'll come back. It's like, yeah, I need more information on this. Because they know they're going to get, they might get another lunch or, the, you know, six pack of beer afterwards or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, about this? Yeah, it's this, this, and this. So, yeah, treat your SM, care and feeding of your SMEs. <laughs> I don't know if that's worthy of a future episode, but uh, no, but but it's, it's always good to re to repeat it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Watch some movies that have this in it. Just remember that computers and hacking don't work that way. In other words, computers and hacking are always wrong. Yeah. That it, they, that's they probably one of the biggest Hollywoodized things ever. Yes. If it involves don't... cyberspace in any form. Chances are it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's more it, theatrics. It, it, yeah. If it's a, if it's a computer it in... in the fifties or the sixties, they explode. <laughs> if, uh, I've seen it in movies, cartoons. If it involves cyberspace, it's entertainment value. Whatever yeah. They're doing. Yeah. Right, don't, but don't, I mean, they they uh, you 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 can't just you know open up your laptop and start typing. Okay. Yeah. The uh, internet speed is slower than a floppy drive. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of things about that but i mean so no words movies are probably the worst representations you can use but sometimes it's what you got you know if you want to see what you know 14th century uh uh, uh well, let's say what uh, uh year 1000 jerusalem you what know it looks like yeah you're probably gonna have to watch kingdom of god representation yeah it, you remember the movie kingdom of god where the the assault of the of the Muslims on um, uh, on Jerusalem, trying to take it back. 
yeah, as far as what things are like... In- uh, Orlando Bloom was in that movie? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Kingdom of Heaven, that's what it was. Yeah, I Kingdom of Heaven? Okay, sorry. Ages ago, yes, but I did see it. As far as what things are like in a particular time period, the the most accurate part is more or less what it looks like. What the physical environment looks like. Oh, yeah. And, again, you and I... But you are. Yeah. You and I, Josie, knows somebody that if costumes come into play... They will pick it apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Colleen not... being a seam. We, we love Colleen dearly. She is one of but... my closest friends. But there are times we're watching a movie and I'm like, Colleen, shut up. <laughs> yeah. No. But Mom. since you saw that movie, <laughs> you know how it starts, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Remember how it starts? Oh, God. it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Okay. The, the barrage of trebuchets. Oh yeah, yeah. On on Jerusalem, just basically slamming those flaming rocks down onto it. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I mean, I don't know if the distance they were throwing them were accurate. Or not. Well, I don't know. I mean, it got... was great to watch. Oh yeah, it was theatrically very uh, enticing. Well, no, you got to yeah. remember 1452 with Constantinople, that cannon that they used to knock down the wall, Sultan Mehmet II. Muslim, you know, from Turkey, or from the Ottoman Empire, I don't know, I forget how big the cannon was, but it was just, and it they, they gunpowder and shot it, and it blew the wall away in Constantinople, so trebuchets and things like that, I would kind of be, I don't know... <laughs> I think that might have been more accurate than you think. You know, just it might. I don't know. I, I've been in Russia. I've seen thirty-foot tall cannons. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember. I mean, you, yeah, you went a few years back. Six yeah. foot, six foot wide openings. Oh, with geez. the with the balls on the ground next to them, <laughs> rusted together into a huge pile. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying that at one time that was supposed to fire that. Oh. And it was yeah, like they, I they, they would have had to roll those things up you know, into the barrel. Those things because at one time they were apparently used. Yeah, it was made to be used. It can't made... understand how it works. Well, no, it when was you made d- to be used like that. Well, you sit there and you look and okay, that ball fired from this cannon, and how fast did you say it go? Well, this how many miles per hour? And then you realize just you try to encapsulate in your mind. The destructive potential of something that size being fired in that direction at that speed and hitting something. And you're liking like a car, a house, maybe up to a three-story bill, gone. Just nothing but like firewood, you know. And you, yeah. lo- you look at something like that and in, in old movies like that, you might see one working. Now, and this is a, actually a former friend of Rich's. His name is uh, Bill Waldron. I think you uh-huh. may know him. Yeah, he. I, I know him. Yeah, Nemo. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we yeah. were t- we were talking at the first of Rich's three memorials at Sidetrack Pub in Ipsy, and one of the things that Will does, and it's like, I said, I like that. It's like word vomit. He was an engineer, so like military vehicles. Yeah, he's picking them apart, and just and it. And I'm looking at him, and I said, I'm not watching movies with you. And he's like, What, Trav? What? And I'm like, That type of stuff. There, it's like. Maybe the third or fourth time I would have you there to pick it apart. But if I'm watching the movie for the first time, you you would be getting stink eye from me. <laughs> just, 
because you're watching something for the first time. You don't want someone like that is not being allowed anywhere near me. Well, yeah, it just. But I also know Will. That was his job. He was an engineer, and if you've seen, and I think Bruce might, if if Rich might have ever shown you the picture of the not the various models of the Nautilus that Will made, the man yeah. knows his stuff. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah, he is. He and so it's like, yeah, just if you see movies like that and they're good representations, but obviously it's Hollywood. They're not going to be perfect. So usually, what you see in the movies. That grain of salt is not an optional thing. Make sure you have it. Um, costumes right. might be nearby. Um, architecture might be nearby. You know, near what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It may be 75 to 80% correct. It, it is, Hollywood it, takes a lot of liberties. It may be close right. enough for you to use. Yeah, what, oh, what is it? Yeah. God, what's the term? Artistic license. That's the uh, term right. I'm looking artistic for. Artistic license, yeah. yes. And a lot of times it's useful for things that aren't there. It's like, what, you know, because you just say, well, why don't they go and do this? Oh, well, it didn't exist. You know, and and a lot of times when they do historical movies, they get that part right. Though sometimes they miss things entirely that, I, that, that drive me crazy. It's, uh, as an example, is that when was the last time you saw somebody up in a balloon, a hot air balloon, doing uh, military uh, surveillance on a battlefield? Yeah, that, that, no, no. It happened. No, it really did happen. It was first used in the Civil War. Oh, that's right. Yeah, hot air balloons were, but yeah. Nobody, I've never seen that in anything. You know, you, it's, it's never, no one ever treats it like it's something that any military usefulness whatsoever. Until someone comes out with a dirigible, in which case it's like, oh my goodness, it's death from above. But that's something where they omitted something that should that should have been there, but it wasn't. But on the other hand, is it like you know some of the the movies where I was um, uh, the the one with uh, uh, Downey where he was playing uh, Sherlock Holmes? Oh yeah, you know uh, some of the stuff in London I thought was really interesting because it was a different uh, a different view of London than I had had from watching other Sherlock Holmes movies. Well, they did. So yeah, it was it was Guy Ritchie putting a steampunk spin on on that era of London. And right. yeah, oh no, it the movie those movies had haters, trust me. And they oh, weren't they and they, they weren't even fans. I wouldn't say they were so much fans of Sherlock Holmes of the of the whole canon of it. But just, oh, they just made it steampunk. That's not how it was in Victor. It was closer than you think. I mean, they... It, it, they had like, lots of uh, steam. Oh, they had lots of steam and lots of smoke and lots of lots of grease. Well, well, the thing that bugged... the Probably the biggest result of haters having, you know, hater tots and washing down with haterade about those movies I had was... Oh, you let, I'll, let, I'll let you use that term. That's um, hilarious. Go yeah. on. But the fighting. Now, watching that and you're looking going, oh, Holmes never fought like that. Uh, if you read the canon, Holmes was, and I quote, a scientific fighter. There was a man named Barton who went to Japan and studied martial arts and came back and made the gentleman's fighting art known as Baritsu. It was named after Mr. Barton. Now, in the movie... In the, the two movies, and they are making the third. They're, they're working on it now. It's in pre-production. Robert Downey Jr. and Guy Ritchie both practice Wing Chun. They incorporated the Wing Chun into the Baritsu training. 
So, yeah, that is Downey doing Baritsu moves, but he's also mixing in the Wing Chun that he's... Him and Guy Ritchie are both very high level in. So they made it the very scientific-looking fighting, which it says in canon, but a lot of people, that was the first thing that they complained about in the RDJ Holmes movies, was that he was such a hands-on combatant. Read your canon, people. He was. There was the whole point why Watson called him a man of iron. And then later, Robert Downey Jr., who played Iron Man, played Sherlock Holmes. Mind equals blown. Anyway, <laughs> it's just, I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Son of a... Yeah. So, yeah, movies, they're good research. And, of course, now with a lot of the a lot of this, like, History Channel doing stuff like Vikings... And there's another one called the United States of Vinland, which I'm seeing on Facebook. And it's it's how the Norsemen discovered North America like 500 years before Columbus. Mm-hmm. So there are new things coming out. We have new research. We have new information. Yeah, it's still Hollywoodized, but a lot of it is now a lot better than the stuff that we've had for the past 20, 30 years. Yeah. And not just full-length movies either. Because I found a lot of really useful information on uh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are people that make travelogues all the time. My roommate... Well, not just that, but about, like, for example, uh, um, super uh, capacitors. Okay. You can use them to replace your car battery. Oh. And they take up half the space or a quarter of the space. Okay, Joseph. Now, there's some some strict limitations on them and that they don't hold a charge for, like, ever. You can't, like, let it sit there for months. Okay, but they they actually are better for starting your car in cold weather because of the fact that they don't actually have a chemical reaction. Okay, all right, Josie, what do you got, real quick? What you um, as to like stuff you can watch, definitely the series How It's Made. Oh yeah, that's right. I forget on um, what cable channel it's on, I but yeah, for, I don't remember what it, channel it's on, but it's it, science it, or discovery or something yeah. like that. But definitely that because it goes through every detail of a particular thing. Okay. Each episode deals with at least one particular thing, and they go through every detail. Well, they can say how how are how are you know number two pencils made, and you'll get get chapter and verse. Yeah. Yep. Oh, let's see. Um, But yeah, a lot of the stuff that's coming out now, a lot of historical fiction is hitting hitting Netflix and all that. These series made specifically for these networks. And I have someone in my life who is really into the Vikings and the Nordic stuff. And I knew someone else who was into the old Vi- the Viking series that um, Lagertha or Lagertha, whatever, the, the Viking warrior woman, tall, blonde, looks like maybe in her 40s. So yeah, we're getting a lot more information there, and they're finding out that a lot more women were warriors. They did not just stay home and take care of the kids while the men were out on the ships. There were a lot of women out there who were giving as good as they got alongside the men. And for those of you who know this, especially the older ones. Yes. Well, there's the a reason that, why they the got ones to that, that were age. Out of their childbearing years. Yes, there's a reason why they got to that age. Those Bruce and Bruce and I both know this. Him being married, me being divorced. The female is the deadlier of the species all throughout nature. <laughs> well, of course. Pretty much. You say, of course, but, but, but there's all these protections for you poor women. <laughs> That's because 
We, as humans, like to do things backwards. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. What? Shots made. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's good to have her back here, folks. You you have no idea how much I miss this young lady. Um, I think they can hear by the amount of laughter. Yeah, well, just it, it, it's good to have you back in the fold here, if only for right now tonight. Just Yeah. Um, the, this isn't going to be a common thing. Yeah, right not for now. It, we're working on trying to make it common again. Okay, number five. Watch out for unintended interactions. Are there gangs or crime next to your locations? Is your base there as well? I had this in the Saturday game. I used an area I know very well for the Bureau team to meet up with. Uh, real quick, um, for those of you familiar with Bureau 13 D20, Team Candlestick, the leader, my Mary Sue character, is reforming a new team. So he's having them visit all the old haunts, and one of them is the character that I made based on my co-worker, Mama Lasagna. Urban combat training. Well, if you're familiar with Detroit, the area of Seven Mile and Rutherford is not exactly a nice part of town. So I had them in that area. And I knew, okay, there's a gas station here, there's a market kitty corner, there's a church, a couple churches there on Seven Mile. So I use this information to try to give just, how can I put this as delicately as, the, the amount of, the right amount of urban blight in the scenario. <laughs> but Blight's I knew, oh yeah, blight, yes, yeah. urban blight, where just, you know, like buildings are falling apart, the neighborhood looks like mm -hmm. crap, you go down the side streets. Oh, yeah, and, blight's a word for yes. it. So, if you have... If you were sitting there talking about a certain city or a certain neighborhood and are there crime and gangs in that area, I don't know if... Well, you could use national and state crime stats and that's stuff that's public knowledge. The FBI has records on, like, number of murders per year in Detroit and all that. I mean, for a while, for a long time, Detroit was known as the quote-unquote murder capital of the world. I think it's now since it moved to either D.C. or uh, New Orleans. But it was for quite some time. We had t-shirts here in Detroit where it said, Detroit, where the weak are killed and eaten. This was a thing. Um, so yeah, you can look up to see if you, your particular city that you want to put a campaign in has high crime. The FBI does have these stats available because they, com they have to compile them every year. I mean, you might even be able to go to, you know, something about your local state website. I believe for me it might be Michigan.gov, and I might be able to track down with a serious amount of Google Foo crime stats for a certain city or a certain county. But if you have this information, then you can shape more urban campaigns. As I said, right now the game is based in Detroit, so I had to, from my knowledge of living in this area all my life and being in particular areas I know, okay, at night this is not a place I want to be. Granted, a bureau team could handle it easily but I wouldn't want to be there so I would shape it accordingly because of what I've seen and going down Rutherford two blocks you see bombed out cars stripped there on the street. So yeah, these are things that you want to check out when you're talking about a certain part of town 
Because if somebody lives there, they're going to call you and say, no, that's not a place you want to be around. If you're holding something like this, that's not the neighborhood you want to be in. <laughs> it's like where Hey Baby used to live. No, that's another place. Driving by in each car in a bashed-in rear windshield. No. <laughs> During 4th of July, you're playing, is it gunshots or fireworks? No. <laughs> but is your base there as well? Well, yeah, if your base... Let's say it's like street-level vigilante and your base is in a bad part of town. Then you know that every time you're in or around your base, you're going to be dealing with street crime, gangs, all the various other criminal acts that happen in a blighted urban area. I won't get into the list here. I'm sure you all know the type of stuff that I'd be talking about. But yeah, um, watching out for unintended interactions. That, again, is just researching the area, the city, the county, the general metropolitan area. Heck, that stuff's on Wikipedia. You can sit there and find out, okay, stats for, like, let's say Bay City, Michigan. It is the... You can look and see statistics. What is it? Bay City, Saginaw, Midlands, like the Mid-Michigan Metropolitan Statistical Area, which there's a term, MSA. And this is stuff used for statistics and even for the census. And on every city I've researched for Wikipedia, if it's of a big enough area, or it's connected to a big enough area, they will list that, and then you can click on it, and it'll show you, like, the census figures and whatnot. So... Well... Google Maps is probably one of your biggest friends in this area because you can zoom in and out. Yeah. Uh, you can look at the uh, satellite map, which can show you terrain and, and cover from overhead and, and where certain things are. Uh, because I know that whenever I'm running a Bureau 13 game, a lot of times I go to say, okay, we're going to go to this town. And they start doing things. And I say, okay, what, you know, where are you going to stay? And they're like, oh, well, we'll just stay at, you know, the, the Hilton, right? And, and I'm like, okay, fine. And so I go look it up. Okay, here's the Hilton. All right, so they're staying there. And it's like, oh, look at that. That's like three blocks from the incident. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Which, Which means, means that, that, you know, something that's supposed to happen the next day is going to happen literally with a view shot of their windows. windows. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, but they don't know that yet. Or, hey... We're going to go and establish our base, you know, um, uh, you know, right, right at this location. Oh, okay. Um, we're going to set up a sting operation at this 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 uh, delicatessen. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys care at all about the fact that the the, the police precinct house is directly across the street? And that's where the open mouth and raised finger, like, you know, like, oh crap. <laughs> But see, you don't always see that. It's like you, yeah. say, you, you go with Google Maps, you know, you see buildings and you think they're apartment buildings, but they're in fact, they're either an industrial building or what, one of the worst situations, I picked a part of town that I, I thought I knew because it was, you know, it, it looked really like low rent and stuff like that. I said, oh, this is great for my adventure, urban decay, you know, and uh, or uh, as you put it, uh, urban blight. And... Uh, and uh, this is this whole crappy area of town, and I, and but there's this building in the middle of it, 
I'm like, what is this building? It must be a warehouse. No, it was a modern high school that had just been built five years before oh. intentionally to to uh, uh, renaissance the area. Try to up the property values and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and all these all these businesses that would come in to provide lunches for the kids and you provide them with various services and stuff and to encourage a lot of trades, they decided to build this high school in this location. Also, I'm sure that the property was cheap. But anyway, oh, yeah. well, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, halfway through the design, the adventure, I'm like, wait a second. What am I gonna? I'm, I, I'm having you know. This is gonna be open gunfire, like one block away from you know, in the middle of the day, away from this high school. Yeah. Uh, there could be a response. Uh, the thing that there are now, if you do enough research, let's say you're doing Google Maps and getting that visual, that vis overhead visual. Yeah. First of all, among certain areas, areas of a military strategic nature, Google Maps does not work. Let's take, oh, Josie. Area 51. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Tonopah test range. No, you ain't getting no Google Maps anywhere near there. Uh -uh. The you you, get, you get a shaded blob as that area. Davis Bessie, yes. Okay. Near Josie's residence is a nuclear power plant along Ohio's North Shore. The okay. Davis Bessie plant. Now, because that is a nuclear reactor, and yeah, you're driving down Route 2 in Ohio, and you're looking, and off in the distance, you see those, you know, cooling towers. And of course, my thing, it's like, who would put a nuclear power plant in wetlands? Because that's what the North Shore all is. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, just like the Fermi 2 plant in Monroe. I tried looking at Google Maps. It didn't show up, because it it's a nuclear power plant. Because be, it, it will not show up because... Because it's, it's, a, a, a it's considered a strategic location. Of course it is. Yeah, so you, you don't want to give longitude and latitude to, to people who can plug it into a guidance system. Right, exactly. So <laughs> your, your Google Maps, although good, there's going to be certain areas. Why is it blurry? And then you find out, oh, there's a... Oh, why is it blurry near Monroe, Michigan? Well, it's because there's the Fermi 2 plant. Or why is it blurry near Oak Harbor, Ohio? Well, there's a nuclear power plant there, too. But right. uh, something about Google Maps, they do have the street-level view. Yes. You can see cars, and if there's somebody outside, you could see people at the exact moment that picture That was, was taken, and it may be a couple... It, it may, may be, be a couple hours or days behind, but, but still... Street-level view of these locations. Yeah, so yeah. if you're and doing... you can run into some really cool stuff that way. way. You know, I actually was looking around in an area next to uh, an adventure site in Bureau 13, and I kid you not, I panned around, and on a house, right, you know, a few blocks away was a sign saying, Paranormal Research. <laughs> yes! And I'm like, nice. okay, and I could find a phone number for it, but I could find no information about it whatsoever. So I'm like, this is probably like those guys that like go out and do the haunted houses and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But so they have a little sign on their building, but they're not actually inviting people to stop by. <laughs> but still, yeah, if you can get, if you're doing the Google map, the over the overhead shot, yeah. and if you can find an address in the area, 
then yeah, then go to that street level and then you can get all sorts of things going on. You can find out how the houses look, you know, what type of neighborhood it is. I remember doing it right. with my friend Lindsay out in Grand, Grand Rapids because she comes from there. And just, I'm looking, and it's small. If you've been to Grand Rapids, Michigan, it is small town America. There is very little urban, uh, urban in that area. So I'm looking, I go, yeah, it looks like a John Mellencamp song. And she's just looking at me like, shut yeah. up, you know. Yeah, and it, and it also can tell you some really important things. For for example, I that same location I was talking to you about, Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually um, Schenectady, New York. Oh, okay. All the houses are three-story tall oh okay Ooh. i mean you can literally run from rooftop to rooftop they're all pretty much the same level and and you, you wouldn't know that you'd say you look at you know from the top down in the little square you like okay these are small houses yeah like, like a bungalow you know, yeah bungalows or you know a ranch no they're small because they're three stories tall so it's, it was a big, so that, that, that ground view is very useful. Yeah. But, but, you know, from the top view, what you need to do is you need to do this iteratively. <clears throat> yes, look at your location, say, this is where I want to do, and then go and say things like, get an address, an actual address there, and say, police stations near this address. Yeah. Fire stations near this address. Restaurants near this address. Schools near this address and fill in the blanks because Google Maps doesn't show you everything. They show you what they think you want, want to know. know. Yeah. Also, something else I found out with researching with number five here, unintended interactions, gangs or crime right next to your locations. The reason why I know about Seven Rutherford is that there's someone in my life who lives in that area. And this is something I did not know. I am a suburban, well, I'm a, okay, I'm going to say it straight. And I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm, I'm from a trailer park. There is a term, there is an alliterative term for people that come from there. So I didn't, and now I'm, you know, in suburbia. There are things I don't know about the inner city hoods. Like, for example, in Detroit, there are certain businesses, including gas stations, party stores, that have a green police light outside. Now, what that means, and you can use this in a game, this is a fact that you could use in a game considering the neighborhood that we had we were in Saturday. If you go to a plate, let's say you have been <clears throat> somehow accosted and you are in need of either police or medical attention, if you go to one of those places that have the green siren light above their sign, they will call the Detroit police for you. This is not something I knew. I noticed this and Fur pointed that out to me like, that's handy to have. And she's like, well, yeah, you wouldn't know that. You're from, you know, suburbia. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was banter. But yeah, that's something I did not know. And that is something that can be useful in your campaign. Because let's say you're in a bureau game in, in a neighborhood like that in Detroit. And you need to get medical attention. You know you can call there and they'll not, you know, the place will call. And it's like, this person's been shot, you know, make sure that they get to the hospital here, you know. Right. So that's just something I knew from just past couple months. Oh, that adds two more things. Yeah. Also, um, uh, uh, of course, uh, immediate care facilities near near this address, uh, veterinarians near this address, okay, and if necessary, dentists near this address. Yeah, yeah. They all have you know they all they all have the the materials you need in order to dig a bullet out. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dennis too. Yeah, they got forceps, sutures, all that stuff. Yeah, the drugs. They got, yeah, they got whatever they stick in your gum. Yeah, Novocaine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, no, that is good. That's another thing to find out things like that when you're doing a real world campaign. Finding out things like that—that's stuff that's really good to know. Okay, I think we can finally go on to the final point. Have we? Sure. Okay. Create list of information that someone in-game gets by researching and assign a difficulty class for finding it. Now, Josie remembered this. In the Wizards of the Coast 3.0, 3.5 books, they did this a lot for D&D. And, and for D20 Modern. I've never read the 3.0 or 3.5 books. What did you see? I believe I saw them in the 2nd edition books. Really? Okay, wow, I didn't think done, it did it back that far. I've, done, I've never done 3.0, 3.5 for through Wizards, so... Looking for something here real quick. Give me a moment. I know I've seen the, the difficulty class thing before. It might have been from there, but the only thing I've actually played from Wizards of that is the second edition stuff. Thought I had Monster Manual 5. I don't have it handy here. Anyways... I will use an example. In Monster Manual 5, there is the Dragons of the Great Game entry. Now, for those of you who might know this forgot through Forgotten Realms, there is a game that dragons play. It's like a mixture of chess and um, poker called Jorvental. And they have entries in the Jorvental entry for various NPCs, either dragons or their... Uh, human servants and what they will do is let's say and I'll use the example of one of the dragons his exarch sing the immense and they say if you know if you make a knowledge local check about sing the immense and it will list it like DC 10 DC 15 DC 20 and DC 25 the various information you will find out about this particular individual and the higher the DC the more information you find. And of course, if you roll, whatever you roll, you read all the preceding entries for it. Or, like Bruce mentioned before we taped, okay, how many of you rolled the DC number? Okay, you know this. Okay, how many DC plus five? Okay, you know that plus this here, and then DC plus 10, everything. And... Having that stuff handy, even if only a mental list, is good to... What's the term I'm looking for here? It'll give them a gradation of, of, of data based on how they make the role and therefore how well their character knows, has found out this information by, you know, oh, God, what was that again? Oh, yeah, I remember reading about this, this, and this. Yeah. It helps reinforce... Uh... Basically, it rewards the people with good skills yes. with more information. So it encourages people to put you know, their skill points, their advancements or whatever, to get really good at something because then they get something that they know that other people don't know. And they can, be there and they, and they can then say, okay, let me tell you about what we're going to do with this because they know it and the other ones don't. What was that? Was there... Okay. Um looking for... Ah! Oh, I have a perfect example. 
out of my favorite wizard setting, Eberron. The Player's Guide to Eberron. They have, and I'll pick up the thing, Society and Status. And you can refer for certain terms I'm about to use here for the adding Fringeworthy to Eberron episode. What do you know? And they have, for various DCs under Knowledge Arcana, Local, Nobility and Royalty, and Religion. Now, Arcana and Religion, it's just you make the DC 10 roll, this is what you know. Now, if you roll for Local, 10, 12, and 13 are the DCs. And for Nobility and Royalty, 10, 12, 15, and 25. Where you're finding out about infamous Sky Pirates who were actually a nephew of the king and he was an embarrassment. You know, if you use pre-written stuff, they're going to have this stuff for you. If not, just have mental notes or something written down for when your particular character SME is going to make a role. Like I said, in the Bureau game, we have a doctor, a hacker, a government agent, and a bunch of others. So I kind of have to keep a mental list while I'm running this game. Okay, these are the things that depending on what the agent rolls, this is what he would know based on knowledge tactics because he was a CIA agent before joining the Bureau. Or the doctor, okay, knowledge biology. Okay, you would find this. If you do the test, you'll find this. You do another test, you'll find this. Or a heel check, you know. So, yeah, gradation of information based on achieving a certain level of proficiency is good. And having it handy for the player. And if someone makes an awesome roll for information, and you don't have any really awesome information to give them, yeah, make it up. Yeah, make something up. Yeah, don't waste that. Well, yeah, I mean, if somebody really, I mean, and and of course, I give with D twenty. There's various, you know, Pathfinder does hero points, which adds a plus eight to the roll. Mythic Adventures adds another D six. The inspiration feature for investigators from... Um, Adds at least a D6. A D6. Advanced class guide, yes. Advanced, yeah, that is advanced class guide. So, Adds at least a D6. If, they, if they're stacking all that up and they roll all the... And, you know, put the English on the dice roll and they get a 40. Oh, no. We have people that can routinely do that. Carry! Anyways. Um, I didn't say it. I didn't say it either. I just had this cough I got to have checked. Anyways. Yeah. You yeah. should really have that looked at. Yeah, I know. It's horrible. Um, so, if they put the full mojo and they get that high DC, oh no. It's like the meme with the drow rolling the 20. What do you see for, for perception? Everything. Yeah. As he's crying. Uh, um, or, or my, my favorite. favorite. Uh, uh you know, you're, you're walking, walking across, across the bridge. You see an orc, orc coming towards you. you. I disbelieve. <laughs> oh, no, okay. No, 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 no. That, uh, that, we don't need to go any further down Oh, no, that, that was one. funny. Oh, it no. was funny. They made a t-shirt of it. <laughs> yes, it was funny, but no, not now. But they had a guard. <laughs> But do you really want to cut all of that out? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Saving you the trouble later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me. Anyways, 
So yeah, as far as... Oh, I can't edit. I'm trying to recall if there is anything else. I think we pretty much... Everything has been covered in this list as far as... Researching real-world things for games. I mean, I looked it over before. Bruce made up the list. I looked over for the taping and just... I'm not finding anything else. I think we've... we've as Blix used to say, I think we've killed the subject. Um, well, I'm sure we could come up with more examples, but we don't need to waste our listeners' time. No, no, no. <laughs> I, that's what I mean, though. Examples we could keep going, but as far as ways to do it, no. I think once again we've. Yeah. We have, I mean, it's it's coming to a point now. I find that I I can't play a, a role playing game without a laptop because I need it just to look up stuff. But people ask me questions about stuff like what's in mead? How's mead different than uh, barley wine? Yeah. <laughs> or how long? Uh, a, a good question that ran up recently was how long does it take for mead to ferment? Yeah. You know, I mean, you're you're like, okay, I'm going to make this and I'm going to give it to the king. Well, you don't want to give it to the king until it's ready, right? Yeah. Okay, it's going to take X amount of time. Oh, no, I'm going to miss the Midsummer Festival. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it is. I guess you, or you, this is how you have to decide now. Are you going to make mead for the king? Or are you going to buy mead for the king and then relabel it as your mead? Yeah. And hope he doesn't So, you know. Yeah. So that was that was something that actually came up. I, I, I gave a gift of, of some mead to a, a, a person, but I had to tell her that, no, you can't drink it for like four more months. <laughs> oh, I'll be and I said, but I'll be back to open the bottle with you. Yes, there you go. There you are. Yes. Because oh no, I I have my lap. Well, not just because. Well, again, the folders upon folders of PDFs. So I, for me, having a laptop for my game is intrinsic. But yeah, for you, sure. Well, no, because now I also have research, and there are times. Let's say my phone is charging. Because there are two words that some of my players do not like. Okay, Google. Wait a minute, check and see if my phone just acted up. No, okay, good. Um, Thankfully, mine does not. Well, no, it's funny. Because I don't have it on there. Well, because I can activate your mom's phone. It'll be sitting there and I'll say it and her phone will kick in. She hates that. But yeah, I have my phone there ready as well. Because let's say I need, and we'll bring up Carrie again. Where she has the wormhole power where, oh, to 6,000 miles. Well, how far is it from, let's say, Westland, Westland, Michigan to Buenos Aires, Argentina? Wait, didn't we do that one? Yeah, we did. Yeah, from Detroit, or or from Gary, Indiana to um, Buenos Aires. Yeah, something like that, yes. Early on in one of the Thursday games. So I had to sit there and find out how far it is, direct route, from those two destinations. And he says... Okay, Google. His does not respond. Hers does. Well, no, my no. There are times I've said it for mine, and hers kicks in too. But yeah, I find this out. It's like, I think it was like sixty-two hundred miles. So the character just made two wormholes to a point she it was midway, and she'd been there before. So we managed to work that out because often with superhero campaigns and also far future campaigns where. Intercontinental Transit is regular. Kind of like in Avengers Age of Ultron, where in the movie they bounced all over the planet. They were going from New York to Johannesburg to South Korea, back to New York. 
in a campaign, you need to know these particular distances to compute travel time to figure out, okay, are they going to get back in time? If they go suborbital, it'll take them two hours. But these are all things that you need now laptops or at least your smartphone nearby to gain this information in like 15 seconds. Right. To keep and the game that, but you bring up a good point, which is you don't have to do all that. Yeah. It's perfectly fine to research information. I've had people in my game who said like, well, what about this or what about that? And I said, you look it up. If you think it's important, you look it up and tell me and, and get them on. Of course, you get them on their phones so that it's hard to get them off to yeah. pay attention to what's going on in the game. But I'm just saying is that some, a lot of times they're asking questions and it's like, I can't give you all the information in five seconds or 15 seconds. Yeah. But between the six of you, you probably can get most of this information in the next minute and then we can move on from there instead of me taking a half hour break to research all this stuff. Yeah. So never be shy about asking players, unless of course there's a secret involved. You know, in which case, no, you got to do that research. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, I find that they ask questions, and I'm like, you know, you know, you can look that up for yourself. Yeah, and it, it gives also the the players a bit of um, agency in in. I mean, role playing is co- collaborative storytelling, anyways. But having the players have a little more agency in finding the information that is building the adventure, that helps buy-in. Sure. And especially if they're operating from like a map. You know, it's just like having that, you know, having everybody have that map or, you know, if you could possibly project it somewhere and let them work off of that map and do, you know, drill down on their own phones to certain areas, you know. I mean, we, I've seen so many, like, assaults that have happened as a result of them being able to do that. When before, you were like, well, you know, you know we're going to go and assault this this little place down the end of this cul-de-sac. All right, well, let's, let's, they spend all their time thinking about how they're going to armor up their cars instead of saying, well, you know, can we come in from the back or from the side? Yeah. I mean, if we send some drones around, are there any houses that are currently not, you know, people living in them? You know, can we pull up? you know, utility records to see which houses are for sale, but nobody's actually living in them because their utility rates are down to nothing because they're just basically there to keep the lights on, you know, the security lights on. Yeah. You know, that kind of information, I, you know, you can let them, you know, do. I mean, in in cases like that, you might have to shotgun some some numbers around and say, Yeah. yeah, there's three houses and they're here, here, and here, at which point then they can zoom down on the house and see what the house looks like and where it's next to. and They can I do all that work stop. themselves. And it gets them so much more invested in the game because now they've got something concrete to yeah. look at. This inform- The whole point of this information is to make them more invested, to and make the game more game. real to them. That it's not to show off how much we know. Yes. No, yeah. that, that is, both of those things are a very large problem. As far as what? the Keeping people invested... And dealing with showing off how much you know. Well, I mean, it, it can be good. It's. I think we just found a new way for, you know, because Tracy, the aforementioned nurse in the Saturday game, is now playing the cyber hacker. So she's got tech on her all times, and Tracy's here with her little uh, tablet or whatever. This is the. Uh, and let's say I have the location. Okay, look it up. You've got a tablet there. Get Google Maps going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think it would be helpful. helpful. Yeah, I I might want to start doing that more because if you're going to be using doing this stuff in my game, at least do it something for the game. Right? Yeah. Instead of what? Wait a minute. You just got five thousand in Candy Crush, and that helps in the game. How? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Exactly. Yes. We we. I don't care that there's a, a cute cat picture on Facebook. <laughs> There's always going to be a cute cat yes. picture on Facebook. And Just now, Google and, it for crying out loud. And now I'm thinking, of my, cat, now cat I'm thinking of my now I'm thinking of my buddy Tom Smith's song "Cat Macros." Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think we can say that this has been that there put is put a bow on it, Trav. Yeah. All righty. Researching real world things for games. Verisimilitude is the name of this. You want to be able to get enough of the real world into your game. If it is a real world game or, or even bit like D&D is considered pseudo-medieval. You want to have enough real world information into the scenario, the battle, the adventure, the campaign arc, the whole campaign itself. To where the characters feel like they can imagine it easier. And doing so means researching people, places, things, processes, um, customs, costumes if need be. Uh, picking the brains of either people you know, again, compensating them for their time and effort, or people sitting at your table. If they know something, Rolodex them. Say, okay, I need information on this. I know you did this. You were in the army. What do you got? Um, keep it reined in. Research what you need to know for the situation at hand. Know where to look and how to look for it. Just because you have Google, if your Google foo is not strong, you will end up getting bad information. Corroborate that information. Look through multiple sources if necessary. Um, still go old school. Call people. If it's a place that you want to, find the number online and call them and ask questions. They're going to answer the questions. That's part of the job of the people at the other end of the line. Um, find out if things will mix. Again, if there's an area and you know it's a high crime area and you're playing as a low crime area... That's going to come into play. You're going to get called on that. And finally, if you have all this information, base it on how well they make their role. If it's a low role, give them a little bit of information. If they max out the role, shine up that silver platter and get it ready for them. And just, what's the term from UHF? They get to drink from the fire hose, as it were. So... I want to thank Professor Pixie for being back with us this evening. It is good to have you back. We know this is going to be a regular thing for now. Hopefully you're going to try to get back into the mix on a more permanent basis as time goes on. Later, yes. Yes, but I, I've missed her dearly. I'm glad that, you know, the maternity leave is winding up. I have yet to meet the youngin. That will be Uncle later Trav. as well. Yeah, Uncle Trav, yeah. There <sighs> reasons yes. yes so everyone please if you have any other facets on how to research real world topics for games 
Hit us up on the Facebook group, Fans of Gaming on the Frontier Podcast, iTunes, the Podbean site itself, tritechsystems.podbean.com, where you get this from most likely. And just leave comments, questions. Again, feedback, feedback, feedback. If we can get your questions answered in a timely manner, that means you guys can act on that information as soon as possible and get all this into your game, bringing more awesome, which has been the key function of this podcast for now. Ten seasons now, going. We will have more for you next week. But until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.